What's up, BYU Radio friends? Spencer Linton and Austin Colley here on the latest BYU Sports Nation. We discuss what went wrong for BYU men's basketball in the second half against Texas Tech and how to remedy it moving forward. Jimmer Fredette joined us to do it. On the next episode, we'll look ahead to fifth-ranked Houston coming into Provo with Cody Feger and be joined by BYU's all-time leading rebounder, Lauren Gustin. Listen on demand, Google BYU Sports Station podcast, or tune in live at noon Eastern for BYUSN here on BYU Radio. But extinguished in the second half once again, following a tough loss in Lubbock, what's the answer to solving the Cougars' second-half slowdowns? Plus, we'll ask the great Jimmer Fredette about how to remedy those second-half slumps and preview a massive week with powerhouse Houston and Texas visiting Provo. We'll recap yet another wild weekend in the toughest basketball conference in America with not one, but two top ten upsets with Big 12 Roundup. Plus, BYU's Lauren Gustin broke the BYU rebounding record and helped BYU get a much-needed win, a Big 12 win. We'll break all that down and more starting now. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, everyone. I am Spencer Linton. He is a man who knew all about Puka Nakua long before his former Colts teammate Pat McAfee did. He is Austin Cauley. How about Puka? Unbelievable. Freaking stud. (laughs) When did you know? When did you know, like, okay, that dude... He's going to be special. Listen, I mean, I remember watching him in Washington, right, and, and being like, Ali, this, kid, this kid's an athlete, right? This kid's got it going on. And then he came to BYU and obviously did what he did there. But, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you I, I was, you know, I, I was expecting what he was about to do in the, in the league his first year. Yeah, maybe, maybe his second, third year, but, like, the first year coming out this hot, crazy. That's, I mean, probably putting it lightly. Cra- crazy. <laughs> Is just one word for what he did for sure. And we're bringing up Puka because our boy Jack DeMooney was with Puka Nakua and Reno Mahe at the Polynesian Bowl Hall of Fame banquet. In fact, Jack said, and I quote, very honored that I was able to attend the Polynesian Bowl Hall of Fame banquet to support the alumni, Reno Mahe and ASAP Puka, who are both inducted into the Polynesian Bowl Hall of Fame. Very cool. And frankly, Austin, Jack needed this because he's a huge Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> Massive Buffalo Bills fan. It's a sour weekend for him. And again, I mean, 33 years later, wide right haunts the Bills fan base again. Unbelievable. Like, we can't be taking that many shots now. Phil Josh, just let's get the first down, make it manageable, right? Uh, but no, great, great. Uh, congratulations to Puka, right? Congratulations to Reno, two BYU greats, yes. great receivers, right? Reno was a phenomenal receiver here. I remember coming on my recruiting trip, watching Reno uh, a variety of different times when my brother had played here as well. So uh, congratulations to those guys. Yeah, well earned for sure. Now, football out, basketball in. So rise and shout, a loaded edition of What's Trending. Pole fire, score for three. Richie Saunders, and he'll take it all the way in. Here's Isaacs. Forget about it. 17-point comeback win for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Oh, it stings. What's trending? Sponsored by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Today we're discussing potential solutions 
to BYU's second-half struggles, specifically in the Big 12. 20th-ranked BYU, if you missed it, squandering a 16-point halftime lead at number 25 Texas Tech. So the Cougars fall to 2-3 and three through five games in Big 12 play. And this, Austin, has been well-documented. Is not the first time BYU has lost a big second-half lead, which brings us to an eye-opening stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. How about this? BYU has had a nine-plus point lead in the second half of all five Big 12 games. You've led by nine or more in every single Big 12 game in the second half. That's wild. Has this become their identity now? What do you think? Starting off slow. I mean, going into half on top of the world. Nine points minimum ahead versus, you know, some great Big 12 competition. And then we come out the second half a little flat, right? Can't, can't finish. And you certainly can't do that on the road and allow a raucous road environment to get back into the game, which is exactly what happened against Texas Tech. And look, I, I've said it several times on this program. I feel like in college basketball, Austin, you have the greatest home court advantage, home venue advantage of any sport at the collegiate level. It is in men's basketball. No question. It, it's not close to me. Like, whatever the sport, soccer, foot, not even football, right? You can feel it in football. You know that. Yes, but basketball's different, dude. Basketball, like, that, that energy and that environment and, and that momentum is, like, palpable. Yes. Everybody can feel it. And if, if you're not able to take advantage and – create a spark, that momentum can quickly turn on its head. And all of a sudden now you're, you're trying, you're in quicksand. You're trying to fight an uphill battle, but, but it is, it is like, you know, the, the, the athletes, the players, uh, they feed off that stuff, man. And when it's that thick in the air, mm. Uh, that does have such a huge or play is such a huge part in the game and the outcome. I think that you using the quicksand metaphor is on point because Thank you. you're, you're told what, when you're in quicksand to not make aggressive movements because it just goes faster, right? right. So that is, that is the, the challenge for BYU is to like maintain composure, be methodical about your movements, be slow, be composed. But like it just feels like there's desperation, right? It's hard not to feel desperate when those situations are, are compounding on you on the road. Well, I mean, statistically, I mean, it's, it's evident that that's what's happening, right? I mean, versus Texas Tech, right? We go from four to eight turnovers from the first half to the second half. Our three-point shooting goes down from 50% in the first half to 16% in the second half, right? And then our field goal percentage goes from 55 down to 35. But that's all about one, shot creation, right? Are we waiting until the last minute to get that shot up? I think we talked about this earlier um, you know, d- during, uh, you know, uh, before the, before the show, right? Like BYU's not great at holding on to the ball and going down to the wire where the shot clock is, right? We want to get those shots up early and, and the longer we wait, you know, the less success that we have. Yeah. You just mentioned some of these stark numbers. So BYU plus 16 in the first half outscored by 23 in the second half. And that was largely spurred on by doubling the turnover number and, most of those turnovers also were live ball turnovers, resulting in easy layups, wide open threes for Texas Tech. Not all turnovers are created equal. Right. Live ball turnovers really, really hurt BYU on Saturday. 17 points off of those eight BYU turnovers in the second half. BYU scored two points off of Texas Tech turnovers in the second half. And there's a plus 15 swinger. That's your ball game right there. And yeah, the three point shooting 
cooled off dramatically. But again, that's part of that desperate thing. Some of the shots, not as high quality as BYU yeah. is getting in the first half because you're, just tr- you're scrambling. You're trying to like do something to quiet the crowd. And so you get a little aggressive. You get a little too ambitious in the quality of shot and then want to rush it up. So it's tough. Playing on the road is so difficult in this conference. That is BYU's challenge moving forward is how do we solve this when it inevitably – it's going to happen again, Austin. Right. Teams are – everybody's going to make a run, especially when you're on the road. What does BYU do to remedy this? Well, listen, if, if, if I'm an opponent or an opponent's coach, I'm going – and we're down to BYU in the second half, I'm telling everybody, hey, grab a swig. We all know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> Just keep that pedal to the metal. BYU's going to crumble, right? They're not going to have the same energy. We're going to rush them. We're going to pressure them, make them take ill-advised shots. Um, which is where they're not, you know, they, they don't have the most success, right? We're going to make them panic. But in my opinion, and I say this all the time with football. I said this all the time this last season with football. BYU needs a dog. Someone that's going to take the ball, a Jimmer for dead, if you will, and is going to say, hey, I'm going to change the momentum of this game single-handedly by getting attacking the paint and getting a shot up, right? Creating opportunities. Even if you don't make the shot, just free throws. Right, just to get to the line, just to shut the energy down. But, like, if you don't have somebody like that and everybody's on the bench looking at one another to do or be that guy, it is never going to happen. And if I'm Mark Pope, I'm, I'm challenging him when I come in at halftime. Like, who's going to be my playmaker? Who's going to change the outcome of this game? Because someone's got to stand up and say, yo, pass me the rock. I'll be the one to get us out of this or, or, or make sure that we carry this momentum from yeah. the first half to the second. Yeah, it was weird because BYU started the game red hot. Like, the numbers were almost exactly flipped from BYU to Texas Tech from the first half to the second half because Texas Tech started the game shooting two for 13, and BYU was red hot, and they built that big lead early. And then in the second half, BYU started the second half two for 13. Right. Texas Tech's making everything. And all of a sudden, it's a four-point game. It's a two-point game. And there's something to climbing the mountain, too. Like, Texas Tech was down by as many as 17, again, 16 at half. If you climb the mountain and then take the lead, yeah. you're probably not going to relinquish it, especially if you're on your home floor. So, like, BYU's challenge is, okay, we just have to maintain the lead. Even right. if it gets to four or gets to three, just stay on top. Right. You, and they we're not able to do that. And they haven't been able to do that in several occasions within Big 12 play specifically. I mean, you're talking about like over the course of the five games, I was, look at these numbers. BYU's scoring margin in the first half of five Big 12 games is plus 35. Outstanding. Right. Minus 42 in the second half. Field goal percentage takes a downtick of 10% from the first half to the second half. 44% to 34%. Three-point shooting's down 5%. The turnovers have been pretty equal. But it's but the points-off turnovers, It's the points-off turnovers. That's what those type of turnovers those are in the second half. Plus 16 in the second half in points-off turnovers uh, for the opponents. So, it, again, it's just the challenge is there. Like, BYU, they know they can play. They've got two wins. Yeah. They beat a really good Iowa State team in the one game that BYU finished strong in the second half. They blew Iowa State out of the water. And listen, the last thing that you want to have happen is for this to become a thing. And what I mean by that is for it to become something that all the players in the locker room are cognizant of, right? And now now you're getting the yips when you're on the green, right? Now it's in your head, and now you become a little bit too, you know, psychoanalytic about how <laughs> yes. you're going to come out the second half, right? Yes. You want these guys, 
you know, free-flowing, just playing to their natural ability. But I promise you, if they keep coming out and making this a thing, it's now going to be in the back of their mind. And that's going to be something that's going to be a hurdle very hard to get over. Don't be surprised if BYU again has a halftime lead, even against the likes of Houston. The Marriott Center is a special, special building. The energy is going to be off the charts good tomorrow night when a top five team comes in. Top five team! Yeah. This is the, for the first time in BYU basketball history, BYU is going to play three ranked teams in a row with Iowa State, Texas Tech, and now a top five Houston in Pro Bowl, followed by unranked Texas, but still it's Texas on Saturday. Don't be surprised if BYU manages the halftime lead. How do they handle the success and the inevitable second-half adjustments that Calvin Sampson, who's an amazing coach, is going to make? And how, how do they channel the proper energy early in the second half? Like, you've experienced this, Austin. You've done this with your several football teams. What do you do? I, I mean, whoever the rock leader is, maybe we bring them in, give them a little halftime speech, <laughs> right? Bring that energy, right? Maybe get Cosmo in there. I, I don't know. I, I think the, the players have got to, you know, they, they got to look at themselves. And just like I said before, like, you know, who's going to be that guy? Like, that's the difference between someone who's elite, like a Jimmer Fredette, right, and somebody who's just a good college basketball player. The guy that's going to take ownership of the team and say, no, 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 in the tough situations or in the situations that we need someone to step up, I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully Coach Pope goes in there and, and, and calls upon somebody like that, right? Like someone stand up and be the difference maker. BYU is going to do something to mix it up early in the second half. It's just a matter of what it is and if it hopefully works for the Cougars. Are they going to come out with the zone look defensively? Can maybe press a little bit early in the you, second half? You know half? what I do? Something. You know what I do? What's that? This just came to me. This, genius. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Peyton Manning, when he injured his neck, we went through an entire game plan at Duke University. Okay? I'm talking when – we took a timeout during the AFC Championship game, which is the, the year before. He wanted to get an idea of, like, how long he could sustain his arm after the injury, right? So we were all at Duke, and we went through that entire game plan from quarter to timeout to halftime. We'd come off during a, ha- during a timeout and sit on the sideline. Seven guys just sit on the sideline for the exact duration, okay, of what that time- timeline was the year prior. Then we go wow. back on the field. So my idea – you have practice. Everyone taken in the locker room, right? Okay. Simulate the halftime experience, then come back out and practice again, right? I would do that every single practice and make sure that energy's ramped <laughs> in the second half. I love it. Right? I love it. Let's go. Let's go. You're welcome. All right, I'll fist bump that. Give me some. Yeah, that that that's good stuff. Okay. Uh, our question of the day, centering on the first five BYU Big Twelve games, and five is the operative word here. Okay, how would you describe the first five BYU men's basketball games in the loaded Big 12 in five words or fewer? At Eagle Bagel on X answers, wish games were 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great great answer. Mark M on X says, quote, second half struggles, tough conference. For sure, all applicable. Brian Maxwell on Facebook answers in three words. Better than expected. Now, I like this take, Austin, because when this season began, we were all sitting here thinking, we're doing what is BYU going to be? Yeah. Holy cow, they're picked 13th out of 14 teams. Like, will they win five conference games? Uh, will they win 16 games all year, including non-conference? They're a nationally ranked team. And guess what? They're probably still going to be nationally ranked this week because they beat Iowa State and lost on the road to Texas Tech. They're not going to be bumped a lot. I would imagine BYU is going to come in around 23 or 24. Yeah. Hey, they're still ranked, Austin. Yeah. They're still way ahead of the curve. Which I don't think anybody expected at this point in time. 
Right? Did, before the season? Yeah. Did anybody think BYU was going to be nationally ranked at any point before the oh, season man. began? All, all I heard is, you know, the Big 12 is going to wipe the floor with us. We're not wiping the floor. The frustrations are here because BYU is in position to win every single oh, we, one of these we, games. We can win every single one of these games. It has, it has, it has everything to do with us and not the competition. For Crazy. Sure. Hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and Instagram to join that conversation. All right, let's take a look at the other Big 12 games of the weekend as part of what's trending with the Big 12 Roundup. Cue the music. Austin, start us off. Done deal. Number 15, Oklahoma beat unranked Cincinnati 69-65. Oklahoma's first Big 12 road win. It's hard to win on the road. So difficult. Oklahoma improves a 3-2 with the win in Big 12 play. Cincinnati falls a 2-3 with the loss. Up next for Oklahoma is Texas at home on Tuesday, and Cincinnati plays at Kansas tonight. Holy cow. How about this? The wild weekend doesn't even begin to explain what we just witnessed. (laughs) West Virginia beats number three Kansas in Morgantown, 81-75. Raekwon Battle has changed that West Virginia team. The insurgence of what he's brought over the past few games, he scored 23 Pat Sumnick added a career 20 for the Mountaineers. Second home win for West Virginia over a ranked team. They also beat number 25 Texas a little over a week ago. Kansas is now 5-7 and seven in Morgantown since West Virginia joined the conference. It's tough to win there. BYU plays in Morgantown. I, don't, I was going to say, don't underestimate Morgantown. <clears throat> no way. You want to talk about energy and the influence on a game? Yeah. They got it. Kansas is 3-2 and two in five games, which means BYU is one game back of third-ranked Kansas in the Big 12 standings. They host Cincinnati tonight to the Jayhawks. West Virginia plays at UCF tomorrow. Number five, Houston. Coming to the Cougs. Let's see if we can take it. But they beat the unranked UCF 57-42. to Houston dominated the game defensively, holding UCF to a total of seven made field goals. <laughs> And 16% from the floor. That is crazy. Goodness. Hopefully we have a little bit more success with that, <laughs> right? LJ Cryer scored 16 points to lead the Cougars. Houston improves to 3-2. UCF falls to 2-3. and three. Houston plays at BYU tomorrow. UCF hosts West Virginia. Uh, then another upset. Texas, 75. Ninth-ranked Baylor, 73. The Bears have now lost two games in a row. Second top 10 upset of the weekend in the Big 12. Texas' Tyrese Hunter, length of the court, made a game-winning layup as time expired to win. The Longhorns are now 2-3. and three. Baylor's 3-2. and two. The Bears are off until they host TCU on Saturday. Texas at Oklahoma tomorrow. The 24th Iowa State beat number 19 TCU, 73-72. Iowa State dominated the first half, leading by 18 points at halftime and huh. scored 36 points off 27 turnovers. 18-point lead at halftime. Sounds, a little familiar. Sounds very familiar. But they, they managed to hang on. Come on, we got to finish. TCU had a furious comeback late in the game, but came up short. Iowa State improves at three and two, and TCU falls at two and three. Iowa State hosts Kansas State on Tuesday, and TCU is at Oklahoma State on Wednesday. I mean, to be honest, there's nobody in the Big 12 right now. Everybody's beatable. Yes, every team is beatable. Right? I mean, there's. I mean, other than Kansas, I think Kansas is maybe in a category of their own, but like. I mean, we're in the thick of it, right? Three and two, two and three. Everybody's pretty similar. Kansas State, they come back to beat Oklahoma State. Arthur Kaluma had 23 points to rally his troops. The Wildcats winning in Manhattan. It was tied at 66 with 24 seconds left. Wildcats made a layup to take a lead. They would not relinquish. Oklahoma State is the only winless team in Big 12 play. Oklahoma State had a double-digit lead in the second half. They couldn't hang on. 
Yeah. Cowboys have been in some big games that just cannot finish the deal. So let's take a look at the Big 12 standings through five games. This is wild. So you got Texas Tech and Kansas State, four and one on top. Awesome. But my gosh, look at the log jam in the middle, Austin. I, I'm telling you, three and two, two and three. There are 11 teams within one game of each other through the first five. 11. It's just nuts. Yeah, that's that's wild. We're right there, man. I know. We if we if we can finish, we're right there. Listen, if BYU somehow uses the Marriott Center magic and beats Houston tomorrow. Holy cow! It'll be something. Don't be surprised. Well, we'll figure it out and find out because the number twenty BYU men's basketball will host number five Houston tomorrow night at the Marriott Center in the Battle of the Cougars. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Up next, we'll chat with the legendary Jimmer Fredette about BYU's second-half slumps and preview a massive week with those Houston Cougars and Texas Longhorns coming to town. What's Jimmer's remedy to get the Cougs going in the second half? This is BYU Sports Nation. Is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Dallin's dealing. Noah Waterman from the Egyptian magician. And Richie Saunders hammers it home with the right hand. And it's good! We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the great Austin Colley. Great to have you with us wherever and however you're connected. And it is great to welcome in, once again, the 2011 Naismith Men's College Basketball Player of the Year, Jimmer Fredette, Jimo Dashen, NBA veteran and soon-to-be Olympian representing the red, white, and blue. Jimmer, great to have you back on BYU Sports Nation. Always great to be back. It's good to see you guys. Good to see you, Austin. Glad you're filling in again for that uh you know, poor soul, Jerem, and uh, we're excited. Yeah, you know, I mean, hopefully this is a regular thing, right? <laughs> you I come mean, on the J- show, we talk to Jimmer, right? I mean, is J- Jerem scared yeah, at all? Exactly. I mean, do you talk to Jerem? Is he threatened at all by my presence here on the show at all? Or He should be. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can see it. All right, Jimmer, oh, I, I wish that we were discussing different pretenses as far as BYU men's basketball goes after what was an incredible first half at Texas Tech only to watch the Cougars let that big lead slip away and they lose, ultimately falling to 2-3 and three in Big 12 play. So let's just start with the second half. In your perception, where did BYU go off the rails, if you will, against the Red Raiders on Saturday? Yeah, you know, it, we played such a great game for probably 33, 34 minutes of the game, right? And uh, I think the biggest thing is towards the end of the game, the game slows down, right? That's that's what happens in conference play. You equate it to like an NCAA tournament game or, um, you know, like an NBA playoffs where, you know, in the regular season, it's kind of run and gun and, you know, they kind of just play. But towards con- once you get into conference play, once you get into playoffs, the end of the games, especially every single uh, possession matters. And the team knows exactly what you're going to do. They're scouting you. They know what you're going to do. So at that point, the biggest thing is that, we need to try to exploit matchups. We need to find our best matchup during the end of the game and exploit it. And uh, I thought we were doing a pretty good job of getting um, Ali the ball. And and he was able to exploit that matchup for a while down, down low. And then I think we went away from it a little bit, started to shoot more tough shots um, and, uh, you know, weren't able to make those tough shots. 
So sometimes it's just the way it works. You know, the crowd got into it. They they started hitting shots. They got that momentum. You know, you could feel it in the arena. You could feel it on TV watching. Um, so I think just at the end of the game, we just needed to do a good job of trying to exploit the matchups that are working for us on that game. And I think Ali was the, the answer. Jimmer, what, one of the things that I, I think myself, along with BYU fans, have noticed just over the course of, of, of the last, I don't know, six conference games uh, is this kind of momentum going into the second half and then coming out flat, right? How do you if, – if you're Mark Pope, and, and this has kind of become a characteristic of the team, A, what are you going to do and what are you going to say coming in at halftime to your squad in order to, to continue that momentum or to harness that momentum that you had in the first half to make sure that it continues over into the second half, right? And then, you know, what's uh, – uh, have you had any experiences like that in your playing days where, where maybe uh, you guys have kind of gone through like that, uh, that dead period of coming out in the second half? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we, every single time we played against UNLV when I, was, uh, when I was playing at BYU, I felt like every time we came out of that second half, we were always flat, and they always came out and just kind of took it to us. And so it happens. Um, the question is, how quickly can you refocus and regain that momentum back? Um, you know, I, it has been something that has been happening with BYU. So maybe out of the half, we got to do a little something differently. Um, <clears throat> sometimes maybe just changing that game plan up a little bit, being whether it, hey, maybe we throw in a little bit of a press yeah. just to kind of get the guys going, right? Just to get them feeling in the game, get them, get them moving, get them active, doing whatever it is to like <clears throat> change their momentum of like, no, we can't play complacent. We have to, you know, step on their throats for to, so, so to say, to go out there and, and win this game and continue to build that lead. Because if you, you're at a 15 point lead, you know, they make a couple baskets, they get an under 10, the, the crowd gets going. And now it's a completely different ball game. Whereas if you can build that, that lead up to 20 points, now all of a sudden, you know, you have that, you have a little bit of cushion to lean back on a, a run that they have. So I think the biggest thing is just tr- as a, as a collective group, they need to have the mindset of like, Hey, that first five minutes is the game, right? If you can come in in that first five minutes and go out there and, and build that lead up, you have a team that might fold um, for the rest of the game, kind of like the Iowa State situation where they played so great that full game. Yeah. They were able to build that lead up, and then it was over with. Jimmer Fredette is on BYU Sports Nation. And, Jimmer, you know better than anybody what a home court and the home court advantage can do for a team to build energy. So with BYU playing on the road, once Texas Tech got things rolling in the second half, how much of what happened late in that game can be attributed to it's just really tough to win college basketball games when a, a, a crowd is going like that. A lot of it, right? Like most of it. That's the way that it works in college basketball, uh, especially, you know, with these great arenas that they're going to with, with great student sections. And you know how hard it is for these teams to come in and play at the Rock, right? Like the momentum is crazy. Once you, you make see a couple of shots go in, the crowd really gets behind you. You feel that energy. The other team feels the energy, right? And then it's just they're more a little bit more tense when you have the basketball. You're not playing your normal game. Um, you know, you're not trying to be as aggress- aggressive. They have a little bit more, um, you know, oomph to them when they're playing on the defensive end. All of these things um, happen when you're playing on the road, and that's natural. Uh, the biggest thing is um, how do we combat that, yeah. right? We need we need a couple of guys that that say hey this is i like this this is what i want you know i want this crowd to get ruckus because i want to go out there and i want to be able to say hey 
you guys need to quiet down, right? Like it's, it's time for you to quiet down by making a big shot. I think, I think one of the things that we don't do a great job of is getting to the free throw line that really can shift and change momentum and also quiet a crowd, especially when you're, you know, they're on a run or something, you're going down, you're able to get fouled and get to the foul line. It just kind of calms everybody down a little bit. You're able to make, hopefully go in and make two free throws. And at that point, be able to set your defense and be able to get back into it. So if you're always seeing the ball going off of the rim and they're getting the ball and they're out in transition and the crowd is going crazy, it's really tough. So you got to somehow figure out a way to make baskets, get to the free throw line and try to quiet that crowd a little bit. Listen, I, I, I've been in a lot of arenas, okay, or, or I should say stadiums, right? I've been in a lot of big games. I've been able to play in two AFC Championship games, a Super Bowl game. And I'll tell you right now that even with those big games, there's not an energy quite like a basketball game. And, and the effect that an energy or that type of energy can have on a momentum of a game. I remember going to Cameron Indoor uh, when Duke played UNC one, one game, right, with the students are literally on the court. The refs <laughs> are having to back them up when they have to inbound the ball. And it's the same with the Marriott Center, like you had mentioned, Jimmer, with the Rock, right? Like the, the, the environment has the ability – to change the game on a dime, right? And, uh, you know, just like Jimmer said, I, I think coming out in the first two minutes of that half, you've got to make it your, uh, your mission to make sure that that energy doesn't get, doesn't start overflowing, right? Doesn't start getting to the point where it's affecting everybody else's play. You've got to stifle that right when you come out, right? Uh, let's add to that, Jimmer. Like yeah. you mentioned, BYU needs a couple of guys to maybe get downhill and get to the free throw line or somebody that can go get a bucket, so who are those guys, or who is that guy for BYU right now as the roster is currently constituted? Who's the Jimmer? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult because they're like I've kind of been saying this a little bit throughout the season is like that last five minutes that we need a guy to be able to go in and, and, and create a bucket. Right. And we don't necessarily have one of those guys that can just go out and get a bucket. It's more of a collective effort with BYU. That's just how they played. That's how they like to play. They like the ball movement, they like the player movement. They're really good at it when they're playing at their best. They're extremely, extremely good. The problem is, is when teams know exactly what they're going to do when the game slows down, you're going to have to beat a team off of two different ways, right? Either you have to be able to beat a guy off of a dribble to be able to get to the basket, to be able to create open shots for others or be able to score at the rim. Or the other way to penetrate and get into the, to the lane is to throw it into the post, right? And now you're creating um, the same type of effect of a dribble you know, downhill and getting into the basket. You're creating the ball, getting into the lane, and then having the defense to react, right? So, you know, you need to – we need to find – who, like I said, whoever is playing the best that game, because it is a collective effort, it's not always going to be the same guy that's going to be like, hey, this is your go-to guy for BYU this year. It's going to be who is playing really well. Last game, it was Ali, right? We needed to keep throwing him the ball, and I would do it 12 times in a row if we yeah. have to. Right? Because at that point, now you're going to make Texas Tech be like, all right, he's scoring every single time in the post. Oh, what are we going to do? we got to make them change and make them adjust to what we're doing. So at that point, if they double, now you got guys that are open and you're getting better looks, right? So maybe one game it's, it's, you know, Spencer, maybe he has a mismatch. We go to him, make him make the defense adjust. I think that's what we're going to need to do at these end of the games is find what is the mismatch that's happening in that game. And I would exploit it every single time down the floor until they adjust 
and then you feel like you're going to be able to get more open shots. And so that's, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. So we just got to figure that out on a game-to-game basis and uh, try to exploit it. Let's talk the future of the Cougs for a second, okay? Do you think even with this loss this last weekend, they still have a chance of going 500 in league play? Yes, of course. They still do. I mean, they're 2-3 and right now. They have two home games coming up. Granted, those two home games are are difficult, uh, but every (laughs) single game is going to be difficult in the Big 12. It doesn't matter. But you're still on track to be able to get towards a 500 record. And, um, and, and that's where, you know, if you can do that in the big 12, you're, you're going to be in a, in a good spot going into the NCAA tournament, right? That means you're going to have eight or nine really good quad one wins and you'll have, you know, eight or nine quad one losses. Like that's just the way that pretty much it's going to work, um, when you're playing in these big 12 games. So they definitely have a shot, but I, like, like I said, you're going to take your lumps during this uh, big 12 conference play season. It's just the way that's going to work. You just have to pick yourself up and say, all right, last game, what can we do better? How can we make an adjustment to, you know, play in this next game? Uh, let's go out and uh, exploit that and be able to, you know, come out with more aggression for the next one and win this next game. It's that next game mentality, but they're still in a good spot. You know, most of the league is two and three or three and two. It's not like they're four games back or anything like that. Yeah. Like everyone's just bunched up and that's just the way it's going to be for most of this year and uh you just got to go out there and win the next one jimmer for the first time in BYU basketball history the cougars are going to play three ranked teams in a row which is wild between iowa state texas tech and now hosting houston now there's a common denominator between those three opponents they thrive off creating live ball turnovers byu handled against iowa state They lost control in the second half against Texas Tech, and now here comes Houston, who's probably the best defensive team of all those three squads right there. So what do you do to try and emulate that type of pressure in in practice to get ready for just an overwhelming defense that BYU is going to face against Houston and avoid more of those turnover concerns? It's hard to emulate. It really is. It's not easy because the uh, the intensity that they'll come up uh, come in with will be different than what they play against on um, you know during a practice schedule. But you know, I play against eight guys during practice. Literally, I'd put eight guys on the floor, and I would say trap everywhere, and I would say you got to beat this. <laughs> you got to beat this press <clears throat> with eight guys on the floor. Um, that's that's how I would handle it. I've had a lot of coaches that have done it that way. Um, you're going to get double teamed and you're not going to have a pass to throw it to. And that's what it's going to feel like when you're in the game. Like you're just going to feel like they're everywhere because they're well coached. They're very athletic. They're long. They know how to play really great defense. They're going to stay in front of you. So I think that's the the best way to emulate it. But like I said, once you get into the game, it's going to be different. And, and I think against Texas Tech, we did a good job for most of the part until towards the end of the game. And then, you know, the, I, I think the turnovers were 12 to five versus yeah. BYU, right? And and we, we can't have that type of discrepancy with the team that we are. We want to, we need to make sure that we're getting a shot off every possession because we're such a good shooting team. Right. And I think, you know, losing those possessions and giving them to the other team is just a, is, is a, is a backbreaker. So we need to do a good job. Our, our biggest problem is, is that Dallin's really our only ball handler, right? Like the other guys, they're not, they're not real point guards. Most of them are t- shooting guards, small forwards, um, so they, they're not used to dribbling the ball a lot um, under pressure, right? And Dallin is the guy that's that's tried to steady the ship as best as he can 
had a couple of turnovers late uh, versus versus Texas Tech. So if we can avoid that and keep the turnover margin pretty close, we'll be in we'll be in a much better spot. But we got to figure out how to how to break that press with guys that aren't traditionally ball handlers in the, on the court at at the time. So it's going to have to be through the pass and uh, making sure that Dallin has the ball a lot, being able to you know get the ball to the floor. Basketball wizard, dude, I love I love that idea. Simulating just kind of throw eight guys on the court. Just cause a circus, right? Get wild. It's a, really? I, I, I love that idea. How um, so They're trying to create chaos. They try to create chaos. So you have to try to emulate that in practice, and, you know, you just throw as many guys as you can. No, no question. I love that idea. How's, uh, how's Paris prep coming? What are we doing? Paris prep is coming really well. I've uh, got my group of guys out here in Denver I'm playing 3x3 with. i uh, got my trainer out here. Shout out to Eric Garcia. Who's been uh, who's been great with me? Uh, I've been working out with him for a long time, and uh, you know, so we're getting ready. I'm working on the things that I need to get better at. There's a lot that I can get better at for this next season. After going through a whole you know three x three season, know how they're going to guard me throughout the throughout the year, and and uh, just watching film on myself and and our team. So I'm excited. It's it's funny because. You know, this is the most excited I've been about an off-season workout regimen that, I, that I've been since I was at BYU. That says a and lot. And that, that means that I'm really locked in, right? Like, when you're excited to go work out every day, that means that it's a, it's a good spot. You're in a good spot. You're ready to go and ready to get prepared. So uh, I'm feeling good about it. And, uh, you know, just uh, the countdowns begin. Hey, we appreciate you making time for us. In fact, when are you coming to hang out with us again in Provo? Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there a couple of times in February. Uh, I think February 3rd, I'm coming to uh, call, help call a women's game. Let's go. Uh, and then uh, February 10th, I'll be in studio again uh, with Love you guys. Uh, for the nation and, uh, you know, for the men's basketball game. So outstanding. Jim, we're great to talk with you, man. Uh, stay warm there in Colorado. If, if you can, we're doing our best over here in Utah and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Good talk, talk with you, you brother. That is basketball wisdom from the great Jimmer Fredette. He's a wizard. He's a wizard. I, I love that idea, dude. Eight, eight guys on the court, freaking just create chaos, right? <laughs> Not when you get in the game, dude. It's just it's, it's a titch easier. Yes, right? it, that's what it's going to feel like with Houston. Houston's defense is so good and yeah. so overwhelming. It's going to feel like you're playing five on seven. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, BYU basketball with Mark Pope returns Thursday night as the head coach of the Cougars and a player guest will recap the past week of the Big 12 and preview Saturday's matchup against Texas Thursday at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Man, between Houston and Texas, I'll happily take a split this week. Up next, a record-breaking rebound and much-needed victory for BYU women's hoops. We'll discuss... The complexity of that win and Lauren Gustin's record right after the break. Will anybody ever catch the rebounding mark now? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Austin Colley. Let's roll out your Monday headlines. Number 20, BYU men's basketball lost a tough game on Saturday against the number 25 Texas Tech, 85-78. After leading by 16 points at halftime, the Cougars' offense went cold in the second half. That allowed the Red Raiders to come back and win. BYU falls to 2-3 and three in Big 12 play after the loss and to number 5 in the net and number 10 in the Ken Palm. Amazing ratings still. I mean, we're kind of right there. 
Up next is the number five Houston in Provo on Tuesday. BYU women's basketball with a massive win on Saturday that was maybe overshadowed by Lauren Gustin breaking the program record for career rebounds. Congratulations, Lauren. Doing it against Texas Tech, she passed Tina Gunn's record that stood for 44 years. Amazing. Gustin ended the game with 17 points and 14 rebounds. Another double-double. She's the double-double queen. And helped lead the Cougars to their second-ever Big 12 win, 60-46 to over the Red Raiders. Up next, BYU at Kansas State. Tough game on Saturday. How about the NFL weekend we had? Awesome. Cougars in the NFL, like Fred Warner, totaled seven tackles and a tackle for loss for the 49ers and a 24-21 win over the Packers. Huge win for the Niners. Warner and the Niners will play the Lions in the NFC Championship game on Sunday. KBN had one tackle for the Ravens and a 34-10 win over the Texans. KBN and the Ravens will host Andy Reid's Chiefs mm. in the AFC Championship game Sunday. Are we gonna get a are we gonna get a Niners Ravens? Maybe it might be a rematch of 2013. I think so. All right. Where's Dennis Pitta? Where is we, Dennis? We need, we need him on the program to discuss no that. No question. <laughs> Let's get him on next week, shall we? Ninth-ranked BYU men's volleyball beat 15th-ranked UC Santa Barbara back-to-back nights over the weekend to improve to 5-1 and one on the season. Trent Mosier led BYU's offense with a career-high 22 kills on Friday night and a total of 36 kills over the two matches. BYU hosts number 16 Princeton tonight, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV. Those two teams will meet tomorrow night live on BYU TV as well. And BYU Gymnastics traveled to Iowa State over the weekend for their Big 12 opener and scored a season high of 196.125. Good score. Great score. For the first time this season, BYU scored above the 49 on all four events. Up next, BYU's Big 12 home opener against West Virginia. BYU football, signees Reiner Swanson, Tay Nakua, and Ephraim Asiata, Fale Tau Satuala, and Devo Tuataga played in the 2024 Polynesian Bowl over the weekend. That was pretty good. Thank you. Great Thank job. Tuatanga. Let's go. <laughs> BYU's Christian Allen plays six at the USATF Cross Country Championships, securing a spot on the Team USA Cross Country roster for the 2024 World Athletic Championships. Well done, Christian. BYU women's tennis kicking off their season strong over the weekend with a 3-0 record in matches against Arizona, Missouri, and Michigan State. Up next for BYU, their blue-white match on Saturday. And BYU men's and women's swim and dive both competed over the weekend with both teams winning home tri-meets against Air Force and Colorado Mesa. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions. Let's whip it! Cooper Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU Women's Hoops beat Texas Tech on Saturday, 60-46, to a much-needed win. Was that a flash in the pan or a sign of things to come? I feel like there's something to BYU getting a quality win in Big 12 play. Not that beating Cincinnati for their first ever win wasn't quality. Texas Tech is a better team than Cincinnati. So now that BYU knows, like, okay, we can beat good teams in this conference. There's something that flips mentally. A confidence for you. builder? Yeah, for sure. boost? Granted, they get Kansas State, which is just a really tough game on Saturday. Like, uh, so it's going to be tough to tell right now, but later in the season, you'll start to see BYU believe, like, okay, they, they can win some more of these high level Big 12 games. So maybe not immediately see it, but you'll see it later in the season that, that there are more good things to come. Absolutely. I love it. All right. Lauren Gustin, speaking of BYU women's basketball, broke Tina Gunn's rebound record that stood for 44 years. It's a long time. Will Gustin's rebound record stand for the next 44 years? So this is what I'll say. 
women's basketball in general is getting a lot better. It is. We're seeing girls do things that they've never done before. So do I think this rebound record will stand the test of time half a century close to? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so, right? I, I, I think it'll be a long time, but I don't think it's going to take 44 years. Okay. I like that ideology. Lauren is a special player. The one advantage, and it's a significant one that Lauren had, is she got a fifth year because of the whole COVID scenario. So True. Tina Gunn did her mark in four years. That's how dominant she was. Lauren, it took four and a half-ish seasons We have to an get asterisk there. on that? I, it's weird how the COVID thing works. There's no asterisk, but maybe these records that are going down because of the fifth years that are happening, maybe there should be something there, right? Yeah, uh, there's got to be something. So, like, it's going to be tough to break Lauren's record because she had the additional time. Yeah. Not to say that it's not incredible. It's an incredible mark regardless. Yeah, but there, there's a lot of talent out there, okay? The Salt Lake Stars wore jerseys in a game this past week inspired by the X account, NBA Paint. <laughs> the jerseys look like this. Would you like to see BYU in a version of this? I'm going to go ahead and say no on no, that one. Um, no, no. Like, it's cool that, like, you, you honor this account and the idea. The Salt Lake Stars feel like the appropriate team to do something like this. It's a G League team. Okay, don't put these jerseys on collegiate teams. Don't do it. Jeez, I mean, Louise. Don't do it. Don't do it. No. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want people to say that? Your jerseys are Your cute. cute. Jerseys. <laughs> They're going put to put, put it on us with those jerseys right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are nice, good causes to go behind this, but don't, don't do it at the college level. No. Like the Stars, fine. G League's fine for me. Yeah. Okay, up next. Jersey. How would you describe the first five BYU men's basketball games in the Big 12 era? In five words or fewer. We've got some great responses coming in. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B on a very busy Monday. Our question of the day, how would you describe the first five BYU men's basketball games in the Big 12 era? In five words or fewer, I love the originality and the clever takes that we're getting here. Some of them are just straight up accurate, like Bradley Perkins on Facebook, who says simply, loss, loss, win, win, loss. Thank you for the literal <laughs> that sums description it up. Two and of the season. Super uh, creative. I want to share mine, okay? okay? This is my description in five words or fewer. It's a long season, people. Okay? After the Cincinnati loss, so many people coming at me when I said, look, like BYU will lose some games that you think on paper, no way they should lose. They should win that game. And then they're going to win some games and do so in a fashion that you're like, holy cow, I did not see that coming. Uh, Iowa State, sound familiar? Like, this is what's going to happen. Well, I think that's the narrative for the entire Big 12, right? I think that's what we are seeing. Expect the unexpected. Any day, any night, man. It could be anybody's ball game. West Virginia beats Kansas. Right. Texas beats Baylor. Like, two top ten teams lost in the Big 12 on Saturday. And odds are they didn't know how to finish. And that brings my description in five <laughs> words or less, which is it's about how you finish. Ah, yes. Okay. It is about how you finish. And the Cougars, it's their challenge to figure that out. No one cares about what you did in the start or the first half. 
It's what you do when it comes down to the wire. Griffin Marcus 36 on X agrees with you. He says, potential greatness lacking the finish. There you go. Okay. Good job, Griffin. Yeah. Wear blue one on X. Exciting and fun to watch. 100%. It is. It's frustrating, but it's really exciting. And then Ron Bevel on Facebook says, he only uses two words, opportunities missed. See, I'm not there. I'm not there mentally where it's like, if BYU were 0-5, yeah. Yeah. And they had had, which they have, nine-plus point leads in all five games and, like, hadn't won any of them, then yes. But they've taken advantage of some opportunities. They won at UCF. It's a good road win. They beat a really good Iowa State team handily. BYU is like, if they had just figured out how to close against Texas Tech, they would be 3-2, and two, and the rhetoric today would be no question. wildly greatest, positive. Greatest team in the Big 12. <laughs> no question. <laughs> Our Elite Voice today presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Adam Gibby on X, who says, quote, this is Big 12 basketball. It is. I, just look at last Saturday. Last Saturday from top to bottom was crazy. you you, you got to love the competition that we're playing and that we're seeing night in, night out, right? you got to love the fact that you're, you're having moments like we're going to have uh, uh, you know, coming up with Houston, yes. coming to the, the you know to, Mar- to Marriott Center, right? Amazing. This never happened, or hardly has happened in BYU basketball history. You know, the environment's going to be electric, but that's what Big Twelve brings, man. That's what the Big Let's Twelve go. competition brings. Kansas and Houston are exactly one game ahead of BYU through five. Okay, and they're top ten teams. So let's, let's just some perspective. Let's Today's go, rise and shout out up next goes to you probably know the queen of rebounding. One more shout out to Lauren Gustin on the way. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Lauren Gustin is incredible. She's rebounded the basketball more than any other woman in program history, surpassing the great Tina Gunn. And she's doing it in the Big 12. There's this idea that, oh, when they get in Big 12 competition, she might not get as many rebounds. Uh, nope. We can put that to bed. Did. Yeah, she's doing it right now against really good teams. So, like, it's continued. She deserves all the praise that she's getting right now. Absolutely. Congratulations to her in the history books. Man, will somebody break in the next 44 years? Do you think it's going to happen? I'd love to see it. Maybe. I would love to see it. Maybe. Our thanks to today's guest, the great Jimmer Fredette. All he does is come on the show when you're here co-hosting. I know. And sorry to Dennis Pitta. We only (laughs) had time for one Legend that wore the number 32 or donned the, the number 32 in college. The conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This is and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. For Austin, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Brian Hamilton. See you tomorrow.